Thank you for listening to this podcast from Living Hope Church in Skokie, Illinois, featuring the preaching of Pastor Daniel Mann. For more information about our church, please visit us online at livinghopechicago.com. We hope that today's message will encourage you in your relationship with God. And today, we are going to learn about the one Christmas is all about. Jesus of Nazareth, the Lord Jesus Christ, the centerpiece of Christmas. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 says, And the angel said unto them, that's the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings. That's gospel. The word gospel means good news, right? Euangelion that we talked about last week, that Greek word. Good news. I bring you gospel. I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day. And what a great verse for us on Christmas Day, when Christmas is on Sunday like today. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I want to ask you this question today and answer it for you from God's Word. Who is Jesus? There's a famous Christmas song called, What Child Is This? Let's talk about this child. What child is this? Who is this baby born in a manger? This baby is given three names or titles in verse 11, and those are the three points to my simple sermon today. I imagine we got a few kids in the room today who've got some presents that they want to play with. So they're probably hoping that Pastor Daniel is going to give the briefest sermon of his life. And they are right. He is. There may be some adults here who have some toys back at home that they want to put together and hang on the wall and see if they can hit the power button on and find a football game or something on in a minute. So, But I want to give you three answers to that question, who is Jesus? What child is this? Who is this person that Christmas is all about? If it's not about Santa, if it's not about Rudolph, if it's not about Frosty, if it's about Jesus, then who is this Jesus? Well, first of all, verse 11 tells us that Jesus, number one, is Savior. That Jesus is Savior, number one. It says in verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So Jesus is Savior. In Matthew, what um, Dominique read for us earlier in Matthew 1, the angel told Joseph to call his name Jesus because Jesus means something. The name means something. It means Jehovah saves. It means Savior. And he said, name him Jesus, Matthew 121, for he shall save his people from their sins. That's who he is. He's a, if you could, maybe if it, uh, if the word savior doesn't quite help you picture it enough, he's a deliverer. He came to deliver. He came to set people free. He came to rescue. Maybe that word helps us. To rescue us. Roy Leeson said this, If our greatest need had been information, then God would have sent us an educator. 
if our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was not information, technology, money, or pleasure. Our greatest need was forgiveness from sin. So God sent us a Savior. That's who Jesus is. He's a Savior. He saves us from our fears. He saves us from our guilt. He saves us from our judgment, from our depression. He, he saves us from our emptiness, from our loneliness. He, he, he saves us from this, this ghost of guilt that haunts us for the failures of our past. He saves us from what terrorizes us. He saves us from ourselves, as we learned last night. Jesus is a Savior. Unto you is born this day a Savior. That's who He is. You say, I don't need anyone to save me. You just don't know it yet, but you do. We all do. And that's why Jesus came. He's a Savior. Not only is He Savior, but secondly, Jesus is Messiah. The word given here is Christ. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ. And the word Christ means Messiah. What, what does that mean? The word Messiah actually means one who is anointed, the anointed one. Now, that doesn't really mean a whole lot to you and I. We, we, what does that mean? Maybe this will help. It also gives the idea of someone who is specifically chosen, the chosen one, chosen for a specific purpose, chosen for a specific reason, an appointed task. And the idea of Christ, and uh, let me help you with something, and you may not need this help, but help other people. Christ is not Jesus' last name. You know, like Daniel Mann, my last name is spelled M-A-N-N. I think a lot of people think that Jesus is his first name and Christ is his last name. But Christ is a title given to him. It's not a last name. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one. Now, here's what you need to know about the idea of Messiah, of anointed one. What the angel is saying is that this is the one that is coming to fulfill all of those prophecies that God said. That one that Elijah spoke of. That one that David spoke of. That one that Isaiah spoke of. That one that Malachi and Micah and Jeremiah. That one that Abraham and that all of the prophets foretold of has come. He is the one chosen by God to fulfill the prophecies. This is the anointed one. This is the chosen king who will reign over his people and over Israel. In Luke chapter 2, when eight days after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph take him into the temple to have him circumcised according to the law and to offer offerings according to the law for their newborn son. And a man named Simeon comes to Jesus 
takes Jesus eight days old in his arms and holds him and begins to speak amazing words about Jesus. And one of the things that he says about Jesus is that this is the one that's been foretold of. And he said in verse 33, which thou hast prepared before the face of all thy people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And he goes on to say in verse 34 of chapter 2, And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. What's all this saying? They're saying this is the one who's been chosen by God to come and to fulfill all those prophecies. Now, I don't know if to you it's a big deal that Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies that he did, but it was a tremendous deal to the nation of Israel because there were so many prophecies that were being, that were, they were waiting to see fulfilled that were fulfilled in Jesus. You know, there's an interesting illustration that was given by a, a, a Christian um, a mathematician. A brilliant mathematician was talking about all of the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled and just how incredible they are that he could fulfill even a handful of these. But he, he actually fulfilled much more than a handful. And he said, uh, let me just give, rather than giving you the math numbers, which are just don't really help us, I don't think, as much because they're just so out uh, astronomical. Let me give you the illustration he gave. He said it'd be like taking more silver dollars than you could count. And taking those silver dollars across the state of Texas and lining them up until the entire state of Texas was covered. But not just covered, but covered two feet high in silver dollars. And of all those, you take one of those silver dollars and you mark a black X on it. And you stir up all of those and it's hidden in some spot that no one knows. And you blindfold a man and tell him to walk anywhere he wants to walk in the state of Texas. And he has to find that one silver dollar that's marked with X. He said that is the mathematical likelihood of Jesus Christ fulfilling eight prophecies that were foretold of him many times seven, eight hundred years before he was born. But Jesus fulfilled much more than eight. He, refer, he fulfilled dozens of prophecies. And who is this Jesus? He's the Messiah. He is the one who fulfilled the prophecies that were foretold of the one who would come to redeem us. So not only is Jesus Savior, not only is Jesus Messiah, finally Jesus is Lord. And the word Lord in the New Testament is the equivalent to the word Jehovah in the Old Testament. So that Jesus is Lord. Lord. I like what Charles Spurgeon said. Listen to his quote. He who never began to be, but eternally existed, began to be what he eternally was not, and continued to be, what he, turn, what he eternally was. Let me, let me read that again. He who never began to be, but eternally existed, 
began to be what he eternally was not and continued to be what he eternally was. Can I make that a little more simple? It simply means this, that God became man without ceasing to be God. That is the truth of Christmas. That God became what he was not, which was man, without ceasing to be what he was, which is God. That's why in Matthew 1, as Dominique also read, that the Bible says that you will also call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is a controversial thing to say that Jesus Christ is Jehovah, that he is the great I am. But that's what the angels are saying, that what child is this? Who is this child? Who is this Jesus? He is God in flesh. He is the eternal God who has now entered into time. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and was not anything made that was made. So who's Jesus? He's Savior. And when we think about Savior, we can't think of the idea of Jesus being a Savior without thinking of Him going through that cross and dying as Savior. That's what it meant for Him to be Savior. For He shall save His people from their sins. How would He save His people from their sins? By paying the penalty for their sin on the cross. That's why Simeon said, Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also. That this one is set for the rising and falling of many in Israel. What did that mean? He's talking about the fact that this one would die and suffer. And would bring many people either to rise from him or to fall through him. Remember Jesus said that he is a, a stumbling stone to some. There are those that stumble over him in unbelief. They fall in unbelief. But there are some who rise on him because he is the chief cornerstone where they stand. And so it's on the cross that Jesus saves. He's Messiah, the anointed one that fulfilled prophecy. And he is God in human flesh. Let me read to you a couple more verses and we're almost finished. But John 1 says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And again, that means God with us. And then again in Isaiah 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's God. And you can never really understand Christmas if you don't understand that Jesus is Savior, that Jesus is Messiah, and that Jesus is Lord. He is God. 
the only one who ever chose his parents? Did you think about that? You didn't choose your parents, but Jesus chose his. I didn't choose that I was going to be born in a, a pink hospital in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because I promise you I wouldn't have been born in a pink hospital, because every time as a boy we would drive by and mom would say, Daniel, that's where you're born, and it was a pink hospital. And I thought boys shouldn't be born in a pink hospital. St. <laughs> Francis Hospital. Jesus chose where he'd be born. Jesus chose that it would be shepherds who would come and greet him there rather than royalty. Because he's God. The word was made flesh. You say, I don't, how do you, how do you know he knew all of that? Well, he's God. And Philippians 2 tells us that he made himself of no reputation. He knew exactly what he was doing when he emptied himself of his glory and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. He's God. He's God. Corey Ten Boom, who survived the concentration camps in Germany in World War II, survived to go and tell the gospel all across Europe. And she said that if Jesus had been born a thousand times in Bethlehem, but is not born once in me, then I'll be lost forever. If Jesus had been born a thousand times in Bethlehem, but if he's not born in me, I will forever be lost. You see, it's not enough for Jesus to be born in Bethlehem. Jesus needs to be born in you. That's why John 3 tells us that you must be born again. You must have new life that Christ gives, where he gives us this new spiritual life, where we go from being dead to being alive. And how does that happen? It happens by faith, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It happens as we receive Christ, but as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Some 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born in Bethlehem as Savior, as Messiah, and as God. But has he been born in you as Savior, as the one that you recognize as Messiah? And the one that you have bowed before as God. Has he been born in you? Will you bow with me for prayer? What is your relationship with this Jesus? How would you define the relationship? Is he your savior? The one who has taken away your sins? Do you recognize him as the Messiah? The one the prophets foretold? The one that history is all about? The one that the Old Testament looked forward to and the one that the New Testament looks back to, the very central figure of history, the chosen 
anointed one of God. And have you crowned him as God and Lord and King of your life? For unto you is born this day a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Do you know him? If you don't know him, would you call out to him right there in your seat? Something like this, saying, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, guilty of violating and breaking God's law. I'm unworthy of eternal life. I need a Savior, and you're the Savior. You're the Messiah. You're the one that God chose to send. You're the one that fulfilled all that God demands in His holiness. And you are God. You're God's Son. You are the Lord. And I confess today that I believe in my heart that you are Lord, Messiah, and Savior. And I ask that you would come into my heart and life. And today, forgive my sin and cast out my sin. And that you would give to me new life as I receive you. And as I believe on your name, that you would today give to me forgiveness and eternal life. And if you would call out to Jesus in that way from your heart, you can experience an eternal gift today. A lot of the gifts that you opened this morning will be around for a year or two or maybe a few years. But when you come to know Jesus Christ, you experience an eternal gift. The gift of God is eternal life, Scripture says. The greatest gift. And you can receive Him today. And if you have received Him, if you do receive Him today, I hope that you will let someone know. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for bringing us together today. I pray not only for these in the room that may not know Christ, who today need to receive him and believe on his name and receive the gift of eternal life, that they would do that today, Lord, that they would do that before they leave this place. And God, I pray for every Christian in this room that we would see what a precious gift we have in Christ. That He is Savior. That we have a Savior. One who not only saves us from hell, but daily delivers us and saves us. That we have the Messiah. We're not looking for one to come the first time. We're looking for the one to come the second time. Who has already fulfilled the prophecies of the first coming, and soon he will fulfill the prophecies of the second coming. That we have the chosen one in our scripture and in our hearts, and that we have known God with us, that you are God and Lord, and we can walk with you and you walk with us. So Lord, we've come today to to truly reflect 
on the wondrous gift of Christmas. That God became man without ceasing to be God. To take sinners who were separated from God and reconcile them to God. Lord, we could never thank you enough. Could never praise you enough for what you have done and for who you are. And so today, Lord, we give you that praise that you're worthy of. We thank you for coming, for your birth, for your incarnation. We thank you for your death and your resurrection. And we, can, we thank you that we can say, unto us is born a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And may you be glorified and honored and praised for all of it. We pray it in Jesus' name. If you committed your life to Jesus Christ or made a spiritual decision, we would like to rejoice with you. Please connect with us on our website, livinghopechicago.com. We hope you'll join us next time for another encouraging message from God's Word.